Hi, welcome to another episode of Managing Well. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo, and I'm so excited to be in conversation with Shannon Cassidy today. Shannon is the founder and CEO of Bridge Between Incorporated. She is a certified executive performance coach and the author of Grounded in Gratitude, V-I-B-E, Vibe, an in-depth self-discovery journey, and the five-degree principle, a leadership fable of small changes to overcome career challenges, navigate politics, and recognize empowerment. Shannon is also the host of the ROG podcast, a show where innovative leaders share real-life examples of the dividend of investing in others. Shannon, welcome to Managing Well. I'm so excited to have you. Ah, thank you so much for having me. Yes. You know, ROG, um, let's start there, right? You're the host of your podcast, the ROG. That's the work you do. Um, so just explain what, what that means. And I think also um, what really kind of grabbed me is your focus on generosity. It's like, how did you get inspired to make that your, your lane? Mm, oh my gosh. Thank you. I'll start with that and then lead to our okay. podcast podcasts, because I think as leaders for all of us listening and present in this conversation to think, you know, what are some of the things that really make sense to me? What are some things that I think are part of how I see the world that could actually benefit other people? Mm -hmm. And I never really thought about generosity as a superpower or like as a thing that differentiates me. I just thought it was something that everybody does. Um, similar to gratitude. So I also thought gratitude was just a way that everybody looks at life. And it really wasn't until I designed the Grounded in Gratitude journal. And I did that just as a holiday gift one year mm. to, to thank people for being a partner and for being in my life. And it was just such a fulfilling you know, product to create. And then the reaction that people gave me was how much energy they got from being gra grateful and just the little things that they're starting to notice to put in their journal. And the reason why I'm starting there is because it's called Grounded in Gratitude. And the icon on the front of the journal is a tree with roots. Mm. That's really how I see mm. this whole thing is like, we're grounded there. We're starting from a place of awareness and appreciation and intentionality and really focus. And then from that place, I think we then have this wealth spring of of energy, of resources, of ideas, of generosity, right? And then we pour that out onto other people. And like the more I explored that, and then I did the research to just say like, is this scientifically a fact <laughs> or is this just kind of something that I think it's is interesting, <laughs> you know? And, and in fact, it has been researched and it's, it's scientifically proven that it's good for us to be grateful mm -hmm. and the root of joy is generosity. So it's not just a good idea. It's not just something that when we see even like an inspirational commercial or a show, or we listen to great podcasts like yours, it's not just like, oh, that's interesting. It's actually good for us. It's good for our mental wellness and our our interactivity and our self-esteem and our willingness to want to make a contribution in the world. Mm -hmm. And so the segue then to the podcast is that I thought, well, if this is, you know, something that is true, then I want to hear from leaders who are out there practicing and just what does this look like? Similar to your podcast, like what does this look like 
for each individual because, and then I thought, Hey, look, if I go five episodes and we're saying the same thing five times, then I guess I'm not really on to something, but here we are episode 132 and every, oh, thank you. Every episode has another aspect of this interesting thing called generosity or generous leadership. Um, and so it's just really lit me up and it's been a great way for me to make a contribution to others. You know, I love, I'm listening to your, your, your story and how you came to this and how I, I'm kind of stuck on in a good way. You were saying, you know, I thought everybody had this piece to them, generosity. Like you didn't realize it was kind of, kind of special to you or unique to you. Um, and not that other people don't, but there is something, you know, I often, when I talk to people and I hear like, and I, and for myself too, like, well, I just thought everybody was like this, right? Yeah. And right. you realize like, oh no, actually it's something that you are exceptional at, but because it comes easy to you and natural, you don't necessarily see it that way. And so to kind of bring that out of yourself into the world with everybody else, um, I just, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I'm thinking, so it makes a lot of sense to me. And, you know, I'm also a licensed clinical social worker by training. So, you know, this kind of fits into my, my background. Um, and I'm thinking about people who don't have that background. I'm thinking of people who are in the business world, who are in tech, who are in the healthcare spaces, um, where that might not be the lens through which they look at the world. And so I'm kind of curious to hear from you, how do you talk to people where this might not be their natural inclination, um, where there might be focused more on return on investment in business. <laughs> they might mm -hmm. be focused on the bottom line in revenue and not, not generosity, not return on generosity. So could you just kind of speak a little bit more to how, how you, I guess, just speak more, more to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's, a word we're using the word generosity. Others might use the word leadership or um, being intentional or collaborative or purposeful, values driven. Like there's a lot of people first. I've heard some organizations call it. So I think regardless of your industry, you could be a solopreneur. You could be mm -hmm. running a multi-billion-dollar international corporation. Mm -hmm. It like. Mm -hmm. I don't think it matters like the level or the scale or whatever. I think it's a day-to-day -day purposeful, intentional way of looking at the impact that we can make. And I think that goes across all sectors, ages. And I actually think that we are wired for this. I think yes. human beings are wired for connection yes. and collaboration and contribution. Like, I really think that if we had, you know, as an executive coach, and you know this too, like when you're talking with with leaders again at any level, and you say to them, you know, what impact do you want to make, or what do you, what is the purpose of your life? Big questions like that. What is the purpose of your life? All of the iterations of that answer, I would say, kind of boil down to, I want to make a difference. I just want the world to be better because I was here. I really think that's a fundamental need that all of us have. So if we could then say, okay, so in all of the opportunities I have to interact with other people, be that my family, my neighbors, my friends, myself, my team, my organization, my board, you know, how can I bring that lens of generosity? Like, how could I be curious to know how could I impact this with the talents and gifts that I've been given, 
in collaboration with the talented gifts that everyone else has been given, how could we collectively make something significant happen? Not just keep the lights on and the trains on time and all that, but really try to innovate mm-hmm. and come up with a better way of operating. So I think that it's a universal need. You know, the universal need and the 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 need for connection and to your point of trying to make the world a better place than you, you know, when you leave it, that it's better than when, when you came into it. And I think, you know, sometimes historically, I would say in a capitalistic society, right, um, that hasn't necessarily been the driving force in front and center, even though organizations have been made up of people who have that within them, right? <laughs> um, and so I, I think we're at a different point in time, culturally speaking, within a capitalistic society, right? Where we are realizing what you're saying. We're realizing like we want to bring our full, when I say our full selves to work, like our desire to make an impact, our desire to connect with other people. Like we are, we want that to happen in the workplace too. Um, and so I feel like we're just at a really interesting time as we're shifting how we work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really curious kind of to get your perspective for people who might be struggling with that shift. You know, I think there are some people who are like, oh, finally, this is what I wanted. And then I think there are other people who are like, what is going on? Like, what? <laughs> like, what is going on? Like, people want to come to work and they want to feel seen. Like, don't they just want to get a paycheck? <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, and I think it can be easy to dismiss that perspective as, well, they're really resistant. Perhaps, but I, I think I think a, a kind of a fuller perspective is that there's a shift in how we're working. And so how do we, how do we understand it? It's mm-hmm. very, for some of us, it's very different than how we were trained to work. Yes. Um, and so that disbelief that what seems like pushback and maybe is pushback um, is could be coming from a place of like, I'm being forced to change, but I don't even understand what's going on. <laughs> yes. And I think that if we, We'll just use the word generosity again, because it's something that I think everybody understands. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're looking at it as we're not saying that this whole corporation has to change. I mean, in some cases it might. But if we're saying that how we're doing it, you know, and maybe even what we're doing, the products, the services and all of that, the operation itself. But the how we're doing it is something that we're suggesting as a generous leader, we're going to be naturally looking for ways to be inclusive. Mm. We're going to make sure there are seats at the table for other people. We're going to invest in learning and development, mentoring, coaching. We're going to address things with curiosity and try to find ways to pull people together. So like diversity, equity, and inclusion, belonging are all components of generous leadership because what they're saying is like one plus one equals infinity. Like you and I partnering together have endless possibilities, but if I continue to operate in the way that I always have, like, I'm really just going to become extinct. Like there's no other way to look at that. And so people can resist it all they want, 
But if they're really looking at ROI and that's fine. I mean, to me, I've gotten over the hump of like wanting everyone to be wholehearted about this because Mm -hmm. in my opinion, I'm like, Hey, if you're just about economics and the bottom line value and revenue generation, I'm kind of okay with that because you're still going to come back to inclusion and belonging, right? It's going to take you back there anyway. So and then, you know, what I secretly believe, well, not secretly, because I'm sharing it right now, is that <laughs> when people get on board for whatever reason, they get to get the joy of generosity. And then it becomes like addictive because yes. you're like, whoa, you know, this whole collaboration and like bringing your full self and then accepting and not just accepting, but like embracing and pulling out your best self. Like this is this is where it's at. And I think that's the, the like you and I get it and we want yes. everyone else to feel that. So I think if there are listeners that are still like resisting, I would say like, let go, <laughs> just join us because it's really <laughs> fun. And it's, it's how you're going to not only save your organization, but I think it's, it's, it's required. Yes. I a hundred percent. I a hundred percent that it's required it's what it's going to make um, successful organizations remain successful and innovate um, as opposed to become becoming extinct. It's really the, I was about to say shift to, to humanness, but I think more the incorporation of the humanness that already existed and exists, but has been denied. Right. Yeah. And then wanting to make space for not just some humans, but, but, but all humans, right. All perspectives. Yeah, um, and you know, I often talk about magic. Like I often talk about, like, as I, as you were talking, I was getting excited because when you've got those, um, when you have different perspectives and different people coming together with the shared goal of like, how are we going to make this fantastic? Mm-hmm. Like then we are dancing together, right? We're, we're, we're sharing ideas. We're disagreeing. We're yeah. hearing ideas and picking them apart because we know it's going to be fabulous. So let's pick it apart to like try and get all the gaps closed now. Like, and yeah. then like, there's this energy that goes that goes with it. And that's like the to your point, like that's a collaboration, that's connection. Um yeah. that makes work fun. Totally. Yes. I mean, that's I mean, I just think there are so many things that we have accepted for so long that we're thankfully questioning now we're saying is there another way to do it and like when people would say well they call it work for a reason you know this is supposed to be drudgery and hard and it's like yeah it's hard but but can't we be fulfilled like can't we be, right. have fun and feel energized and feel like we have utility and purpose here like you know and can't we also feel incomplete like i think that recognizing that i am not everything i mm-hmm. i have mm-hmm. certain talents and gifts and those are things that it, are my responsibility to understand and then deploy and offer them generously. That's on me. Mm-hmm. But recognizing that I don't have everything. Like I'm not going to think about this in every possible way. I don't have all the strengths that there are to have. You know, I often say to my kids, God doesn't give with both hands. You know, you don't have every <laughs> single talent and strength that exists, but God does generously give you these certain things, mm. figure out what they are, mm-hmm. and then like, Use the heck out of them. Yep. (laughs) Yes. So how, tell me, you know, you're, you've used the word generosity and you've sit in connection with leadership. And so I would love to hear, um, like what that looks like to your point earlier, you were saying, you know, how do we do this? Yes. Um, 
I think I want to also ask, like, what what exactly do you mean by 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 being generous, and mm-hmm. and then how are leaders generous? How do Excellent. they demonstrate that? Great. So I would just want to make the distinction, which is I think where you're going between like generosity, financial generosity. I'm not sure if that's where you're going. You know, I wasn't, but it was, a, it was whispering in my, I'm glad you, I'm glad you made the invisible visible. Cause you're okay. right. Sometimes we think of generosity. We think of like, well, let's give bonuses. So yes, yes. Because I do think that is a way of being generous. So I don't want to say we shouldn't compensate mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. fairly and beyond and bonus them and all that for sure. I just think that there's too close of an association between the word generosity and financials Mm -hmm. that I wanted to separate that out and to say, okay, so what if we just took that off the table and we assume, and we know with equity reasons, we shouldn't assume that people are being paid fairly. But if we're just not talking about the financials and we're saying, we're talking about how you're showing up, like, how are you interacting with people? And here's a couple of topics that have come up in podcast episodes, like mentoring comes up repeatedly, feedback, relationship building, strategic networking, right? So thinking about who and how do I interact with people, listening, very big theme on ROG and just in general, generous leadership is like, how could we be more intentional about active listening and seeking first to understand before being understood, gratitude, and then like strengths, superpowers, gifts, genius, you know, those are all in the same mm-hmm. ballpark of just uniqueness, mm-hmm. habits, patience, recruiting, believing in others, authenticity, storytelling, asking questions, like asking those curiosity questions, um, showing up on time. One of mm-hmm. our guests, Karen Bennett, talked about how it's generous to be timely and respectful of people's time, universal universal design, nutrition. Some of the episodes have talked about uh, chronic questions that we could ask ourselves, like, how can I help? Like if I just go throughout my day and I think, how can I help? How can I be of service? And then another great question was, who am I missing? This one uh, leader. Yes. yes. Michelle Meyer Ship, the CEO of Dress for Success Worldwide. She talked about who am I missing? Like in yep. every room and conversation, like who's not here? Who's not here? here? Yeah. H. Walker talked about add to versus fitting in. Like, how can I add to this culture instead of focusing on how do I fit in? Wait, can I pause you? Because you've got so many, like there's so many, so so much. So that one, just what you said, how can I add to this culture instead of fit in? I think I wanted to just pick that apart and kind of the idea of, you know, kind of a, a, a more outdated idea if you want to hire for for culture but if your culture is not inclusive if your culture is very homogeneous and you want different perspectives then hiring for people to fit into a homogeneous space doesn't work right. to the point of hiring to add to the culture that is there not be absorbed by it exactly and Otherwise, that's something that say, I think the organization needs to prepare for before we invite people in, right? Amber Hikes was one of my guests too. And she talked about how you have to clean your house before you yep. invite people over. Yep. She said, because otherwise it's a revolving door because That's people exactly come what in happens. and they say, wait a second, you're not ready for me yet, right? Yep. Because we we intellectually understand that diversity is good and we're like, okay, let's, let's bring them in. But if we're not really ready to 
welcome them and and appreciate that difference, um, it's a disservice to everyone. And yes. we, we just need to do our own work first, I think. Yes. And I want to, you know, to, to the point of doing our own work and what that looks like. So when you're talking about cleaning your own house, when you're talking about how do we get ready to open our house, right? Um, and a lot of this is what you're talking about earlier. There are these, it's the emotional intelligence skills that is, they're not taught in business school. Um, many of us aren't taught it in our lifetime. Like we are not necessarily taught it in school. We're not necessarily taught it at home. And then all of a sudden we're grown ups <laughs> and in the working world. And we have to have the ability to understand what our own feelings are, manage our own emotions so that we don't spew it out on other people, manage the interactions and relationships with other people. And that's, so like, that's all emotional intelligence. And we have to be able to do that for ourselves so that when new perspectives come in, we don't take them as threats, but we take them as, oh, you're what has, you're what's been missing. Yes. Like yes. everything might feel like a challenge from you because you're showing me so much of what we've been missing, which is a different perspective than why are you always saying that this is wrong? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is also why I think the communication skills are so important. And I think it's like rather like the underlying issue in a lot of these problems that we're experiencing is like communication of asking the right questions. Like what is your intention when you're giving me that feedback or like, how do I skillfully give the feedback timing? Like you talked about emotional intelligence. One other thing is social awareness. Like, is this the right time to say this? It, you know, how do I want to think about this? How am, how have I already invested in this relationship and kind of earned, earned the right to have mm. this level conversation, right? This mm -hmm. this real, transparent, intended to serve, but maybe hard to hear mm -hmm. kind of a, a conversation. Um, and then just the question of like the like the who are we missing? How can we evolve? You know, what needs to be improved? What do we already do well? How can we leverage some of that to help us overcome the weaknesses? Um, and then when you talked about emotional intelligence, the word humility came to my mind. Mm. Because I think that one of the ways for us to become more emotionally intelligent and, you know, look for those opportunities is to recognize that we don't, we're not always going to get it right. And we haven't always gotten it right. And I think starting with that and then inviting the people in your organization to make you aware mm -hmm. of when you're unintentionally being offensive or exclusive or closed-minded or whatever, that you know, you have the humility of saying like, that is going to happen. Not if it happens, when it happens, how can we create a culture where that's like expected that you would make me aware and I would do the same for you. And that we could then recover from it, right? Like that yes. there is a repair. Cause what happens to your point when those, you know, comments are made or, you know, um, situations or events or projects are not inclusive, there's a rupture. And yes. so if when somebody calls out the rupture and says that wasn't okay, then what? Because mm -hmm. we're still working together. So right. it doesn't happen overnight, but you've got to kind of have a process in place to like, how do you, how do you address it? How do you say, you know, what needs to be said? How do you apologize for it? And then yeah. because we are at work, how do we keep working in a keep collaborative working. way, yeah. even though they're, and that's how we get to, I think, repair the harm that was caused. Mm -hmm. um, and those aren't skills that um, 
those aren't skills that we all have been taught to do in the most effective way. Oh, absolutely. It's like emotional intelligence, like you said, right? Here you are in this leadership role, or even just here you are as an adult in life, whatever you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, things happen and we're, and we get triggered because we're human. And, you know, and I do think that that stimulus response connection needs to get separated even slightly. But, you know, I think that sometimes we're like, no, you made me feel that way. You made me say that. No, 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 no. The stimulus is the stimulus that happened, but like what I do about it or with it, or maybe I just choose to do nothing about it is up to me, right? That's choice. That's like emotional intelligence is in that Mm -hmm. gap. So I'm just thinking for those of us who are saying, yes, I'm in the heat of this thing at work and it's so distracting because, you know, they said this thing that was offensive or they didn't include me in this offsite or whatever. And if we could just separate that out, like, yeah, that happened and and you have every right to feel what you feel about it, but what you do about it and how you show up and like, how does that affect how you communicate? I think there is an opportunity in that gap to be generous, maybe to yourself, even self-compassion. Yes. Right. Yes. To say like this, it it is hurtful that that right. happened. Right. And to yeah. pause and allow yourself to, to, to feel what you feel about it and then mm-hmm. be thoughtful and how you choose to respond to it. Right. Yeah. And then on the flip side, the people who cause a harm, how to be, how to have the humility that you're talking about Mm -hmm. to realize nobody's saying you're an awful person. (laughs) They're saying your behavior and what you did caused harm. Mm -hmm. And they're telling you, this is what I always, you know, how I, what I believe if somebody is taking the risk in the workplace to tell you that they, you have caused them harm. It's because they desire a connection. They desire that space to be good for them too. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's not worth the energy, frankly. And so it doesn't feel good to hear that you've caused harm. But, you know, I I want people to kind of consider it as there's a level of trust there and a Mm -hmm. huge risk on that person's part um, to bring it to you. And so how do you receive it? as such, which might be very different than your initial reaction. Exactly. And I think there's also a consideration that the individual willing to override the fear and concern that it takes to have to have that conversation knows that you can be better. Otherwise they wouldn't bother. So I think that if they're willing to have that conversation, the most important thing to say is thank you. Thank you for your courage. Thank you that you know I can be better. Thank you for your willingness to bring this to my attention. Because them not bringing it to your attention doesn't mean that you didn't do it and that it wasn't offensive. That just means that you are still unaware that you have harmed someone. And you can't then take accountability because you're still in that unaware stage. So anyone willing to give people feedback like that, I applaud you. I encourage you. And and if, and if it hasn't landed successfully yet, I mean, you can work on the, how you do it, but maybe, you know, you're communicating with somebody who really isn't open and that's unfortunate, you know, Um, but that's, that's, that's on them and not on you. And I would say, just keep, keep being willing to share your honest feedback. Mm -hmm. I'm just sitting with that because, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, feedback is such a, 
it's such a, a sticky area for many of us. I have a colleague who for them, it's not. And I'm always, I'm always in awe, honestly. Um, because, you know, we've all heard, you know, feedback is a gift. And I have a colleague who true, like, just like you said, like, cause the way we're talking about it and I, I, I'll speak for myself, but you know, the way we're talking about it, Shannon makes it sound so easy to hear. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? That. Feedback. Yes. Um, yes. But in the moment um, I, you know, I've kind of realized for me, <laughs> I feel like feedback is like going to the dentist. I hate going to the dentist, despise it, but I go because yeah. I know it's what I need to do for my health. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the, you know, it's one of the things I like pat myself on the back for as an adult. Yes. <laughs> and I feel like feedback is that way too. Like I don't, I do not, it doesn't feel good. I don't like no. it at all. Mm -hmm. And like for like my professional health, for my growth as a human and development, like it is necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think I just wanted to kind of give voice to, it usually doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. And I think to use the dentist analogy, which plays really well here, it's if we could endure that 10 minutes, half an hour, let's just round it up to even an hour of discomfort to get the benefit of dental hygiene and not being in pain, like not doing it actually will cause us long-term massive pain. Like, ma like we wouldn't be able to function kind of pain. So similarly with the feedback, it's like, sometimes it's only a couple of minutes. Sure. It feels like, oh, so, so deep and hard. But you think if I actually want to make a difference, which like we've already agreed, everybody wants to do. And we also believe that people can be called to something better. People can and must grow and improve, right? That's just another human condition, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. We have to grow. Mm -hmm. So if we think that we are a catalyst for growth and development and contribution, then we could endure the discomfort of having this awkward conversation so that we could have the benefit of health. And then in this case, it might be relational health or organizational health or, you know, your own yes. health to, to yes. know, like, it just feels so much better to get it out than to keep ruminating about it. Um, so I would say do the work to try to think about what's a skillful way that I could say this and maybe, you know, use a coach or a friend or someone to practice with. Um, and I just think there's more content available for people now to learn how to skillfully have these conversations, which I appreciate. But to your point, it is uncomfortable and it's yes. awkward. Yes. Like I had a guest on the podcast who said something that I knew I was going to edit out. It was just one of those like, un like didn't mean to be offensive, but said something offensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I knew I was going to edit it out. So it was going to go away. But then I was like, I have to have the courage of c calling this individual and speaking about what I heard and, and why it's problematic. And I was sweating it out. And this is an influencer. And this is like, a, oh, and I thought they're not going to want to be on my podcast. And uh -huh. then, then I, I made this a catastrophe in my mind. And the individual was very gracious about the feedback, um, did not intend to be offensive in any way, didn't even know that huh? what was said was offensive and uh, thanked me for calling. Uh -huh. Now, have I spoken to that person since then? No. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not saying that one equals the other, but it was important to me that yes. I 
walk the talk and that I practice. And then I think the more that we practice, the more we realize that we can do this skillfully and thoughtfully. We're not always going to get the reaction we're looking for. Um, Like he could have been offended. He could have thought I was, you know, unreasonable or whatever. He didn't. Um, But I just think that we could prove to ourselves that it's really not that bad. Right. I mean, I think to your point, it's a skill. It is a skill to develop. It's not um, like with the practice. So the more you do it, the more comfort and maybe you'll never be a hundred percent comfortable, but you'll be more comfortable. You'll feel like it's less of a risk because you've been practicing it. more Mm -hmm. Totally. You know, I'm curious if you have um, suggestions for, for our, for our listeners in terms of how they can actually demonstrate this, when I say this, like generous leadership, demonstrate that they are open to feedback, not just saying it, but like Mm -hmm. what actions would, what actions would people take? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that uh, it's like being on the airlines and they say, put your own oxygen Mm -hmm. mask on first before Mm -hmm. charging around and helping everybody else. Like, I think the best place to start, and even if we've already been mindfully a generous leader till now, right? We, this is something we already practice. I still think that we have to start with self and be generous to ourselves first. We're usually last, you know, for, for people who are really, really generous and we kind of on the bell curve of generosity, we're kind of in the overdoing it category. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got to dial it back a bit and say, you know, how could I give to myself so that I have resource so that I have well-being and I have peace of mind and I'm not neglected and I'm not, you know, kind of like scrapping it together just to get through the day um, because it's really selfish not to be focused on yourself, right? It's it's mm. because when we invest in our own well-being and our self-care and our self-compassion, then I think we get to get grounded in gratitude again. And then we get that natural, you know, energy and resource that we could then give to others. But I don't want us to get to a point where we're so focused on making contributions to others that we are left in the dust because really the only person who knows what we really need is ourselves. Right. Like I might just need some alone time or I might need to talk with a friend or I might need to listen to my favorite song or an inspirational podcast or whatever. But it's like, I know what, how I'm wired and what I need. And I need to be responsible to that. So for the listeners, I would say to invest in your own self-care, what whatever that means. I mean, we've all heard it a million times, but I don't know that most of us are doing it. Mm-hmm. And if you have a friend who seems to do this really well and they've put together a healthy habit of self-care, like pull a page out of their book, say, how do you do it? Like, you know, like, does this just fit into your schedule? How, how did you prioritize that? Um, And then just like that introspection, right? Giving yourself the time to think because there, I think we could also get clearer about our strengths and gifts. And that's another place to Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. an authentic connection to generosity is like, what are the things that I've been given that I could be intentional about offering to other people. I think that's an interesting thing for everybody to consider. And I, to your point, you need space to do that. Like you just can't, 
you just can't keep going and going and going. Like mm-hmm. your brain needs to not be an email, right? It yeah. needs to have the downtime to to kind of generate that creativity and what you need for yourself to be able to kind of enhance your gifts and your ability to your point to be present to others, like the, taking that time for yourself. And sometimes you can do a half day and sometimes it literally is five or 10 minutes. Um, yeah. You know, if, if I, I do this and my team will do it sometimes, like I, I'll usually internal meetings and more than external, but you know, if I'm um, I might say, I'm going to be five minutes late to this meeting. Cause I need to take a walk. Like I just, I need to just it, do a quick lap around the block to clear mm-hmm. my head because I can feel in myself. Otherwise I'm going to be very irritable <laughs> Yes, um, and I will probably be a lot more judgmental and I'm not going to be able to show up the way I want to show up. So let me know that for myself. Yeah. And they're a little bit late so that I can come like ready. I love that. Cause that's giving yourself permission to do what you need to do. And they all benefit from that, right? Because now you've given yourself what you need. You've gotten that breath of fresh air. You've gotten, you know, a chance to just regroup and rethink and practice your breathing or whatever that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you come back to them and you're you're the leader that you want to be, right? You're the person that you want to be, which is connected and interested and open. Right, so right. I think that's a really practical thing that any of us can do. I don't know that most of us give ourselves permission because we'll say, oh, well, the meeting starts at 9.30. I have to be there at 9.30. And it's like, well, if I just came at 9.35, I could be fully present. Meeting. It's not that big of a deal, but it could make such a difference. Right. Right. Shannon, I'm curious if there has been... um well, two questions, actually. Um, anything that you want, you know, I, that we haven't talked about that you really want our listeners to kind of hear and know? Well, I think we've talked about a lot of interesting things. One that we haven't touched on yet is forgiveness. Forgiveness as an act of generosity. That has just come up a lot mm. lately in coaching calls and in team calls. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to pull that up in case that's something that, is something our our listeners are struggling with. We did talk about conflict and how to give constructive feedback, mm-hmm. but I think there is like an you know uh, like a whole process of communication that's like first in that introspection to think, you know, how am I feeling and what mm-hmm. is causing me to feel those feelings and just mm-hmm. be okay with that. Um, I I do envy people who journal and maybe um that's something I'll practice again. I'll try again. Uh, which is why I created ground and gratitude. It's one line a day. And I just said yep. to myself, who can't write one line a day, even sure. just like couple five words, come on, uh, start small. Um, so for people who journal or, you know, you're just being introspective and you're thinking about how you're feeling and like what is causing those feelings. And then that self-compassionate, um, empathy of saying, it makes sense that I feel like this, right. This is, a, you know, I get it. Uh, and then like, so then what do I want to do about that? Right. That, that, and I think that's generous to both you and the individual that you're having a challenge with or the team or group. Um, and so to try to look for um, resolution or some form of a connection to resolve that conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we've heard it said many times about how not forgiving someone does more damage to us than to the person who we're harboring resentment um, and pain against. So I just, I know, and some of these things are deeper and harder to, Mm -hmm. to resolve. So I appreciate that as well. 
But I do think that for a generous leader to consider how forgiveness could be a, a an act of self-love mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. and resolve as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think when I hear the word forgiveness, I also think of, to your point, um, how it, it's like a chokehold on us. And so I also think of release mm-hmm. because I know, I know some people struggle with the word forgiveness. Yeah. Thinking that, and, um, and believing, not just thinking, right. Believing that forgiveness is kind of absolving the person for the wrong that they did. Right. So everybody I think has a different take on what forgiveness is. And so I also like to think about what do you need to do to release the impact and pain it's causing you? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think still gets at exactly what you're talking about. Um, but sometimes I feel like if people get stuck on one word, <laughs> they can't yeah. get to what's behind what's behind it. Yes. Um, and as a social worker, I'm sure this is a topic you have <laughs> dealt with quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think we, yes, that's very true. And there's just so many cultural, religious, right? Familial right. influences. Um, yeah. Right. With the word. So I just, I, I just like to be able to be more expansive, right? Mm-hmm. So that we can access the benefits of it. Yes. Um, more frequently. So really? Is that, a, how would you describe it? Uh, well, I don't, I, I mean, I guess release release. So not, I wouldn't say release instead of like, not either, or, but both yeah. and. like whatever word resonates with people for some people, it's forgiveness, keep it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and for other people it's release or even a different word. Um, so I guess I'm really speaking more to the group of people who hear the word forgiveness And then they're like, I'm done. I'm not listening to anything else because what that person did was so egregious. I cannot forgive it. Yeah. And I just don't want. And when I say I shouldn't, I was about to say those people, because we could be in that group for one situation and then in another group. Right. So for us, (laughs) when we are having the reaction, um, I don't want us to be stuck with, well, there's nothing I can do to release what is within me because the act was so egregious. Yes. Um, so yeah, I just want to offer another word to get to the exact same place mm-hmm. of how do I release the hold it's having on me? Oh, yes. So that I can have the connection and it might not be with that person, but that I can have the connections that I, that I need to have. So, you know, we can think of it personally, but even in the workplace, maybe something did happen so egregious and they're still within the company mm-hmm. and it is really twisting you up and that makes sense that it's twisting you up. Mm-hmm. And so what do you need to do to release how it has a hold on you so that you can still be productive and contribute within the company? And it might not be with that person. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And just that back to the introspection, right? Th- think that through for yourself, what makes sense for you? What do you need and how can you give yourself that release and that that like exhale so that you can feel like your full self and full healthy self again? Um, and sometimes it requires that you find a different environment in which mm-hmm. to thrive, right? And then that's a right. possibility too. Absolutely right. Yeah. So I just think uh, something else I'd want to share with the listeners is to 
think about how we all work together, like, you know, doing that self-respect, self-reflection and consideration of what are the strengths and talents that you have and how can you make that contribution? And then who do you need, Mm, right? uh Who are the people that, you know, I'm like referencing like laterally your peer group, but even, you know, from all different dimensions in your organization, who are the people or what are some of those insights, talents, and capabilities that, that you know you need, and rather than just going and trying to work on them and fix them, which in some cases we have to do, but more often than not, that talent exists somewhere and we could be more intentionally collaborative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, yes. Let's stay within your zone of excellence. Let people stay within their zones of excellence, right? <laughs> exactly. And 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 tap them for that. that I, right. I completely agree with that. Yes. Shannon, thank you so much. Before, before we end, though, I do want to... Um, kind of hear from you what what lessons do you wish you knew earlier in your career i i know that i've found the listening to the answers to that um to be really kind of valuable so i'm just curious mm-hmm. what do you wish you knew earlier yeah well i do wish that i knew that well there's a lot a load of things but the first one that comes to my mind is that i don't need to be all things Like, I think there was a point in my life that I was so, you know, focused on fixing my weaknesses that I just left my strengths Mm. in the dust. Mm. So I think that probably would be the the big thing is, is to make the most of the things that you are. So, you know, there's this St. Francis de Sales quote where he says, be who you are and be that well. Mm. So how can we be who we are and be that well, like wholeheartedly just feeling that self-acceptance in a, in a, in a great way, not in a arrogant way, more in a like gratitude way. Like Mm. I get to make this contribution. Mm. Um, And then the other thing would be gratitude as a superpower. I wish Mm -hmm. I knew that that was something that I could have leveraged in times of my life. And that would have been really helpful um, and I think it was there maybe in the background, but if I knew how to like be explicit about noticing the things that are going well and taking yes. stock in the current moment and really just engaging with the people that I was surrounded by that were good for me and not so much being distracted by or taken down by the people who weren't. Um, so like that, that agency. And then I guess that other thing would be that separation between stimulus and response. I think there was a long period of my life where those two things were magnetic and uh-huh. stuck together. And um, as I continue to grow and I'm, I'm not masterful yet, but I, I work at it every day is just try to separate that out and be in choice there in the middle and just decide what things are going to mean and and what I'm going to do or not do. Um, so those are some of the things that I wish I knew before now. Those are, thank you. Thank you for sharing those. Um, I learned, I learned something from each guest and um, I have learned a lot from this conversation and um, it's been, it's been wonderful. I, I think to really kind of hear your perspective and see how you bring generosity into the workplace um, and really the way that it touches all facets of work. So Shannon, thank you. Thank you so much for your time. I really oh, thank it. you. Thank you so much, Tanya. It's been awesome to connect with you. I so appreciate you and your work. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for listening to Managing Well. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about today's episode, go to thelodipogroup.com slash podcast for a worksheet on today's episode. A special thanks to my podcast team and the Ladipo Group who supports this show. Managing Well is produced and edited by Black Faves Brand Studio. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo. If you have any questions or topics you want to discuss, email me at managingwellpodcast at theladipogroup.com. Thank you.